0: Hi, I'm Connor Gannon and you're listening to the Functional Tennis Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm Fabio Molli, your host. Today I'm talking to a friend of mine, Connor Gannon. Connor is a fellow Irishman and he is a freshman at the University of Tennessee, who are the number one ranked men's college tennis team in the US. Connor has had to find his consistency on and off the court over there to help him battle for a place on the starting team. He tells us all about it. He tells us how he got into tennis, choosing between rugby and tennis while at school and why you decide to go to US College, and also what life's been like there on and off the court. It's a great episode, and it was great to catch up with Connor. I'm really sure you're going to enjoy it. Before we get started, a shout out to our podcast sponsor, Slinger, who make the awesome portable ball machine, the Slinger Bag. They've just launched a new awesome website over at slingerbag.com. Get over there, check it out. They've loads of tips from all the coaches they work with, and... It really helps you get the most out of your slinger bag. So, check that out. If you have any burning questions, feel free to ask me as I'm an avid user of my slinger bag. But let's get on to Connor and yeah, let's chat to him. Here we go. Connor, welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm all good. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, great to have I'm you on. I don't think I've had, I've had like ex college tennis players on, like Paul Joban, NCAA champions, but I don't think I've ever had yeah. one on that's been currently playing in college tennis so you're the first out of I don't know nearly yeah. 140 episodes and great yeah. that you're an Irish guy playing for the best the top ranked university in the states which is amazing yeah so can't wait to hear all about that but before we get started tell us how you describe yourself in 15 seconds
0: 15 seconds I'm a very relaxed person off the court anyway that's I'm sure but on the court I try to be in as tense as possible one word I'd say relax now I love to nap and all that stuff as well so
1: Great well, I'm sure you'll tell us all about the napping over there with all the training you're doing. Yeah. Where did tennis start for you?
0: Yeah, so I have two older brothers, so obviously you kinda naturally as the youngest, you just follow in their footsteps. so I remember across my house there was two awful tennis courts, like I mean like tarmac you see on the road, like you're driving and stuff, so I was I was so young, I was maybe like four or something maybe even younger. And my older brothers are like like, old enough, like maybe 10 and 7. And they'd go over and strike. And I'd be like a dog, like chasing after the ball, like side to side. You know what I mean? So that's kind of my earliest memories, knowing tennis and kind of want to get involved. Like I was kind of hooked from that age, if you know what I mean. There was just something about it. I was just like, let's let's go after it. Like, you know what I mean?
1: And what Um, club did they play in or what club did your parents play in?
0: So we started off in Leopard Sound. But at the very start, this is when, like, none of us played tennis. And then we all moved to Monksand when I was maybe eight. So I've been in Monksand for many years, now, over over 10 years. Okay. Yeah.
1: And then how did it progress? Like, did your brothers – I I didn't know you had brothers, by the way. Excuse me. Yeah. But did no. they play more? How did you progress that onto the next level then?
0: Yeah. So, you know yourself, there was, like, national squads and stuff like that. And, like, every Friday and Saturday night, I remember – my best mate, Matthew Whirl, we used, we used, and Michael Scott Barron's son, Michael Barron, we all used to get lifts out on a Friday and Saturday from a young age. And I don't know, we were just, we were all kind of like from the same neck of the woods. And, and then after training on a Saturday, one of the parents would like bring us a spar and he's get like a Coke and a crisp and stuff like that. So that used to be the treat. But yeah, like it was just kind of going down to the club, just enjoying it, like with your mates and stuff like that. I wasn't taking it that serious, you know what I mean? And I was not really want to do any much with it.
1: And then obviously you went to one in Ireland's like top rugby schools. Well, Leinster's in case there's any monster yeah. fans here. And which would have been rugby predominantly heavy. And you would have been you played yeah. junior cup, which is a top level of rugby in schools for your team. How did that weigh up like what stage your tennis like future plans were you then?
0: Uh, yeah, to be honest, at that stage I didn't wanna play tennis at like at all. Like I remember I was doing morning sessions in David Lloyd in Riverview at like six AM before school and I was just told like ISIS like my co- ISIS my old coach, I was just like I just don't wanna be here. <laughs> like I, honestly I was like I, I just don't wanna be here, I don't wanna play, like I just wanna go play rugby, see my mates, go to the gym, then do some training after I don't, I don't I like I honestly don't wanna hit a ball. So I really had to like think about what I wanted to do with tennis. But at that stage, I was so hooked on rugby. I'd watch it all the time. I didn't even think about tennis.
1: How old were you now at this age? Sorry about 14. I, 15?
0: Yeah, 15, 16 maybe. but I was still like i was still playing the odd tennis, but there' was no as you know, like in Ireland there's no competitions from September to bloody May. Yeah. So there's no motivation in those periods. Whereas in rugby, there's matches on a Wednesday and Saturday almost every week. So, yeah, so you have motivation almost every week to train and get better and, see what, and seek improvements. It was just kind of the mates, and tennis was such a lonely sport at that stage. All my, so my mates were kind of dying off tennis as well. That was like one of the main reasons I
1: tried to stick with rugby. And when did it all change? Or why did it all change?
0: So we played the winners in the first, first round, and we lost. And we got put into the consolation, which was a huge, like, just kind of wrecked my head. Like, I just trained all so hard for that and kind of just all just finished in, like, 70 minutes. So we won the consolation. The next day I went on holidays, actually. It was Easter, so we had two weeks off, so I went on holidays. Those two weeks was probably the change from rugby to tennis. I really thought about it hard, like, what I wanted to do. And at that stage, I saw Simon Carr as well win... He was doing really well in the juniors, and I was like, geez, that's pretty cool like traveling everywhere and doing doing quite well for himself so I was like, I might have to sneak at that and see how see how I go with that say so those two weeks away on holidays really changed from rugby to tennis.
1: how did that go down in school? you know I'm sure because you were yeah. in a start and out half it
0: yeah. would have
1: you know they wouldn't have been happy with that
0: I mean everyone in in my school knew like I loved tennis and i I still like wanted to play tennis and they knew, like, when I was tra- even when I played the Junior Cup, they still knew I was training in the morning and afternoon. They were all fine with that. But, yeah, I could definitely feel some salty faces around the place and even a few friends and stuff like that were quite, phew, I don't know the word to use, but, like, not annoyed, but, like, almost disappointed that I didn't keep playing with them. Mm. But at some stage, like, you gotta got to look for your best interest in yourself yeah, and yeah. see where you want to go and stuff like that as well. So I knew, at that stage, I just knew tennis was, was the right option. After that year,
1: okay, and yeah. so then let's say you went into fourth year, which would be similar yeah. to grade ten in the states. What it where? I think, not, it's,
0: yeah, it's gap year. I think it's called.
1: Not much goes on. And did you play tennis for the year, or did you go to school?
0: Yeah, so basically, after I finished the junior cup that year, I did the junior sir, which is like GCSEs. I just said let's let's go after, and um, so I spent like literally four weeks traveling to play ITFs in Poland. I think. And I kid you not, I maybe won about four games. And at that stage, I was like, "What have I done?" Like I've just quit rugby, and I'm like, I'm starting slow, and it was awful. Yeah. So fourth year, I just spent literally the whole year playing tennis, traveling to Europe, training. Like I remember from anybody, anyone that's close to me, like Dave, you know Dave O'Hare, you know Isis. You probably know Ian Kelly as well. Like they all tell you from. September to December, I won maybe four matches. Like I'm no quitting. Like, and I was honestly deciding, like, what, like, what, what am I doing? Like, but you know yourself. Like, you come from Ireland. Like, you win so many matches, and you expect to win. And when you go away, and it just doesn't correlate, and you're just like, what, what am I doing here? And it all changed then after Christmas. My granddad died. It kind of put everything in perspective. And I went out to Norway with Jenny Claffey, and somehow I won the tournament. From not winning, I won one match main draw. From not winning, not getting to the to the second round, I won a whole tournament. And from then on, it just went higher and higher. each week I was doing better and better. I was getting better. I started believing myself more as well that actually I can do this. Because at that stage, like I was, I was even winning doubles as well. Like <laughs> I, I fancied myself as a double player back then. So at that like that moment, I kind of just all put into perspective, and I kind of just started just getting better the whole year. I started to believe myself more, got into better tournaments, started doing better. So I thought I was doing quite well, at that say, Jeff, in fourth year.
1: Nice. And then after that, when did you start thinking about college tennis or did a bit of a I can just go, do it go to Simon Carr, route, just go directly to the pros? Yeah.
0: From a young age, like not Australia and stuff like that, they all come back from college and they're all like, yeah, I love it, love it, love it. Like everyone that goes to college, they love it. So I was kind of like hooked on, I kind of like, yeah, it's cool, like the gear and all that, you know. So I remember I went to European Championships and in fourth year summer and literally the whole spectators are just college coaches, scouts like just watching you play. And at that I was like, geez, this is the real deal. This is like the NFL or something. You know what I mean? This is, it's it's a draft. This big, yeah, it's, it's, I swear, to. I kid you not, it is the draft at the European Championships. Like it's just spectators, college coaches wearing their hats and stuff like that. At that stage, I was really like, yeah, like this is a bit of me. This is a bit of me. Like team, we're going back to team environment as well. Which I missed with the tennis because mm. I went to rugby, like to change, change room vibe and stuff like that, which is, which is really like that just the team aspect really like wanted me to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really why I kind of wanted to do it. Cause, and everyone's had amazing experiences over here while well, doing college. So that's why I kind of wanted to do it. You know nice. what I mean?
1: And how did Tennessee, Tennessee are the number one ranked tennis team in the state, yeah. tennis team. And, and how did that come about? Did you have other offers as well?
0: Yeah, I had, a f- I had a few. I committed quite early. I committed almost huh? six months I
1: thought before signing. Yeah, probably was more. Like, yeah, how's, probably this was more like, how's this guy yeah. still here? Like, he's still hitting balls yeah. here. Yeah, I remember,
0: yeah, it was like a year and a bit before I actually came here. Yeah, I just got a text one day from the associate, James Mackay. And from, like, that moment forward, it just kind of clicked. Like, he's Scottish, so it's a bit of, like Celtic blood. And kind of we get each other and most of the coaches are American. So we kind of just click straight away, like, you know, like the same banter, if you know what Mm. I mean, like we get each other. So from that moment on, we just kind of clicked and I just said, yeah, this is this is the one for me.
1: Uh, What's the associate? Is that like the recruiter or the?
0: (laughs) No, the associate head coach is basically like the
1: the non-paid coach.
0: No, no, that's the volunteer. So it's like head coach, associate head coach and assistant coach and then volunteer. Okay. So he's like the second second ranked.
1: Yeah. So he, he got in contact, you were hooked. And it yeah. was been a great advantage to having it signed up a year beforehand. No pressure. You could work on your leaving cert and on your game or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was definitely, definitely helped me to know where I was going. And I had, I had motivation to go. You know what I mean? I wasn't like in the loop of where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Yeah. Like, what am I going to study? Like, where am, I, where am I going Like next year? So it definitely helped me a lot. But as well, like, COVID came, so it was quite stressful because I couldn't play any tournaments away and I couldn't train as much as I wanted to. And outdoor, you know, like, we had to play outdoors because of yeah. bloody restrictions. So, like, it was it was quite tough, not going to lie, the last year and a half
1: um, when how, I was at home. How hard would it have been to try and get university during the COVID phase? Like, we oh, matches. So
0: Yeah, uh, like, t- th- I know a lot of people that struggled big time and they had no results, so they couldn't, they couldn't get into the colleges they would expect. You know what I mean? Even though their level was as high, higher than the results. So I, it, was, it was it was quite tough for a lot of people during the COVID period.
1: Nice. And tell me, so you landed there. You'd always dreamt that all the free gear, all that. How's that been? You enjoyed yeah. that? Oh,
0: it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Like, you, yeah, you just kind of, you dream about that stuff, you know what I mean? Just getting the bag and stuff like that. So pretty cool.
1: I remember uh, James Kluski used to bring me back, like, tops and all. I'd love, you know, I never played for them, but it's yeah, still, yeah. you know, that would mean a lot more guess, to me than a yeah. standard top. Like, I used to yeah. love the guys bringing stuff back.
0: Yeah, I remember Cahill Butler. I remember I hit with him in the summer. And he just used to wear the Gardner web because he's in college yeah. here. It looks like, oh, man, give, give, give us a the top day, really.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's so, good. Yeah. But how has it been there? Like, is it been... Obviously, you told me that it's really tough from the training. Yeah, it's you, tough. You're, you're playing, like, you've gone from... Top player in Ireland age group, and above yeah. that too obviously the top the top team, but you're playing six, you're freshman in, which is great, but mm. one how tough has that been mentally and also the physical training you've been doing
0: yeah, I mean, like in Ireland from such a young age, I'd always be top three or whatever even if I wasn't playing enough that much, so I was kind of the big fish in a small pond over there where an am a small fish in a big pond, so it's obviously. I mean, I didn't really think of it that way, like, because I was in sixth year and COVID, like, it was just such a bad year. Like, I could barely train, like, I was playing outdoor for half the year. So, even coming over here and just feeling the heat and just feel, like, seeing the facilities they have here, I was like, this is just amazing. Like, I didn't even think about anything else. I was like, jeez, this is just, this is what I've been thinking about for the last eight months since I've been in sixth year.
1: Super pumped.
0: It, yeah, I like, I wasn't even, I was just happy to be there at the start, like, to even get the flight. 'Cause I remember I had trouble with the visa and stuff like that. So even just to like I remember I, the first day I came, I arrived in at maybe like two AM and the coach said, Connor, I want you to watch practice or whatever whatever time it was, maybe eight or something like that. I was like, Oh yes. Like I wasn't like, Oh no, I want to sleep, I was like, yeah. Oh yes, he's making me come. Like I'm so I was so happy. And it was just yeah, it was just so good to even just step foot on the court. It was uh, amazing.
1: Tell us what is the what is the campus like over there? What facilities do you have access to?
0: Yeah, it's literally any anything you want like we have six indoor six outdoor gym in the facility we don't we usually lift in another place but like if the facilities is what literally whatever you want like ice bath recovery boots like hot tub literally you name it they have it nice. like i swear to god so it's it's pretty amazing
1: so no excuses
0: yeah that's that's the main thing no excuses at all so yeah
1: did you know we have over 170 great episodes with coaches, players, trainers and experts working at the highest level of the game? Tap the subscribe button on your podcast app so you don't miss out on the latest episodes of the podcast. And to listen to our great back catalogue of episodes with the biggest game changers in tennis, go to functionaltennispodcast.com. And what sort of, you know, you, you trained hard in Ireland, uh, which you're training yeah. here. But when over there, what sort of physical load? What's the difference? Over
0: here, it's just a lot. Like, it's a lot more. I would think of, like, back home, I'd be like an hour and a half session. I'd be like, oh, jeez, I'm done for the day. Like,
1: yeah.
0: you know what I mean? Where, like, an hour and a half here, like, I haven't even started. But it's just the intensity as well in practice and, the like, the how good the players are as well. Because over at home, like, you, you do, it's really you only play with the same people all the time. And we're over here, you're playing with 10 other good, really good players. So you're fine for your spot all the time. So you can't just show up one day and not show up the next day, you know what I mean. You have to show up on a consistent basis, which I which I was struggling to find at the start of the year as well. But now I've kind of taught myself I need to like be consistent on a daily basis because consistency wins.
1: What's helped to um, be more consistent?
0: I was quite messy at the start; like I wouldn't have a schedule and stuff like that. And I'm not yeah. really sure. I kind of I kind of just know. I, I had to go through that period to find out what I actually had to do to get better. So that period was quite. It was obviously a rough time, but obviously it was good to go through it because now I know. Like what plays, which is good.
1: Yeah. And tell me, just tell us about the team from obviously if there's six starting, when's your next match?
0: Yeah. Our next match is Saturday at one o'clock versus Charlotte. Are you starting? I don't know yet. Not and sure.
1: Well, let's say you were starting. What would be the yeah. who plays one? Like what sort of level? How would you describe them to the listener?
0: Yeah. Like the team is so good. Anybody could play one, to be honest with you. Like at the moment, number one is uh, Adam Walton. Very good player, very good, very smart player. Two is Johannes Monday. Three is Martin Prada, Portuguese. Actually knows a few, fair a few Irish people as well. So he's well, yeah. good. He's good fun. Loves the Irish. Four is Emil Hood, English. Five is Angel Diaz, and then normally six maybe be chunzuki Mitsui, Japanese. Mm-hmm. My roommate. So yeah, great guy.
1: So your roommate. So you're you're fighting fighting for your place with your roommate. That huh?
0: yeah. Yeah, that was the team. That was the lineup last week against Ohio State. So we'll see. Yeah, I, yeah we, won't we'll see. Nah, we won't talk about that. No, we won't talk about.
1: But uh, so, what's competition like? You know, everything. I'm sure from hearing yeah. the lads in that went to the states that no matter what they did, whether it's in the weights room or getting first to the to the tennis center or I don't know, eating packing your lunch, there's a competition for everything. Have you yeah. found that over there?
0: Yeah, like literally anything. Like even serving, like we have to do serves and like how many you make and stuff like that goes in a spreadsheet or goes on the whiteboard in the change room that we'll see like who has the best serve and who was like the le- least consistent serve like from small things like that to who gets first to the gym and who lifts the heaviest like everything is just a competition versus each other and ourselves as well it's ama- like it's mate like who's the lowest body fat percentage who's the heaviest and stuff like that like everything everything's that? just a competition yeah
1: and tell me, I remember other stories from even going back as far as on Casey, where if they didn't get a certain time in a mile run, they didn't make the team, or you can't do certain yeah. things. Any of that going on there?
0: Yeah, there's a bit of that going on. I mean, standards are standards. You know yourself, you don't make the standard. Like just make the standard. Like the standards are incredibly high, but the coach expects us to make them. So, I mean, if you don't make them, there's going to be it's going to be some trouble. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. So what do you, run, do you do? You know what you run the mile in? One mile or two mile? Well, let's go one mile.
0: Uh, we don't, we, have, we don't really do one mile. We do kind of two miles. What's
1: it, what's your two, two mile time?
0: Two mile time is eleven forty four.
1: Two sub six. That's pretty good. That's yeah,
0: pretty good. Yeah. And then three three mile, which is basically like five k sub nineteen.
1: That's good. So anything sub twenty is good, but sub nineteen is
0: yeah. Is sub nineteen, good. yeah. Sub nineteen right. is that's a that's a of that one.
1: That's a tough. Yeah, it's a grind. Yeah, it's that, just you
0: a yeah. You have to dig that one out, that's for sure. I had to dig that one out a few times, yeah.
1: Nice, well done there. And what have you learned from the seniors or from the, the guys at the top of the team that stood out since you've arrived?
0: Yeah, what have I learned? I've Yeah, then again, like the same thing, I learned consistency. One thing as well, actually, I learned when coming here, like don't miss, don't miss the ball. Like compete, like compete, like not to miss the ball. Like at home, you don't really understand because you're playing on outside the whole time. Like, you just kind of, not slap it, but, like, you kind of just go for Hail Marys. Like, okay. over here, like, make yeah, the just, ball.
1: Just sorry, our listeners, but you're saying outside, you mean artificial, wet, artificial Artif- Yeah, Yeah,
0: that's what I mean. Like, so, like, coming from there, like, we do, like, barrier days, like, barrier drills.
1: What's a barrier? Where we just go,
0: drill? like, where we just go cross court. One ball, just cross court. Or, like, one guy, I move somewhere, like, side to side or mm-hmm. two to cross one line. Like do, Like, just don't miss. That's the whole point of the drill. So I've definitely learned like that and that that's what's improved my game as well a lot. Just be a good teammate as well. I think that's the most important thing. Don't be selfish, which I've learned from the older guys. So but I've learned loads more, but I could be all, out, all day
1: blabbering all about it. Sorry, two questions. One, you yeah. talk about not missing. How do you yeah. balance that between not becoming just a moonballer, let's say that you keep a bit you keep a bit of aggress- aggressiveness in your game.
0: Yeah. Well, when I mean barrier, I mean is like when if you're in a rally rally type situation. Like I don't mean like if you step up to hit a shot, like just place it. You know what I mean? Go for your shots when you're inside the court. But when you're rallying on a big moments, like just make the ball. Like because I remember at home when there was a few juice points, they're bringing in like juice points back in Ireland. I'd go for like a backhand line, passing shot winner or something like that. For mm-hmm. now I just like play it back and just make make him play, and then when I get my opportunity, take it.
1: Sort of yeah, treating your patience really.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it.
1: I think there's been many player guilty coming back from the states where yeah, they have become consistent, but that's their game then. And yeah, it, it, it's not going to get you that far.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, they definitely do. They we definitely do a lot of specifics here as well. Like it's not just barrier days. Like we do a lot of coming forward and stuff like that for each player. It really depends what type of player you are as well. If you're a big server and like, like come to the net a lot, you do a lot of that that stuff.
1: And who was your coach there, by the way? Chris Woodruff. He
0: was like top 30 in the world, maybe. Won Montreal Masters, which is pretty impressive.
1: Great. That's good, it's yeah. good to have a winner like that. And in yeah, dual exactly. match, dual matches where you play doubles and singles, Yeah. what's it like? Like you're four or five hours on court. Like how do you control the intensity there?
0: Yeah, it was pretty like it's a pretty big build-up like for sorry for me as a freshman like i'm not i wasn't really used to that type of stuff yeah you just kind of got to control the moments well and know know like the swings of the match i mean if you're playing both singles and doubles you already especially one thing i know is well you get no warm-up so you just go straight yeah. into the match so like let's say you're playing doubles spin, spin toss the racket spin the coin and then you're serving like there's no like five minutes like yeah. you know what i mean you're straight into it which is like, and the doubles could end in 15 minutes. What's you know the what I mean? scoring system? It's just one set doubles. Okay. One set doubles, uh, no juice. So it can be over in like 15 minutes, which is, which I actually quite, because to put, it, put something on line, like you can't have a slow start, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to go straight into it. And then singles, yeah, it's just normal, two sets, uh, best of three sets
1: and energy like it must be you know you're watching other matches as well yeah that drains you like where you're getting pumped and
0: yeah i mean there's a lot more commands and in your faces over here like from from what i see when i was playing in juniors like a lot more i I mean a lot more like a lot more like there's a lot more energy so you don't really i mean you'll only get tired if it's a six all or something in the third set but like we've trained so hard and we train so much that we're like mentally ready for it you know what i mean like if I come off, like normally, like at home, I come off a third set. I'd be like, oh, I'm goose now. Like, I need to, I need to go home and chill and watch TV or something. Whereas now, like, I almost practice after a third set. You know yeah. what I mean? So I wouldn't really get tired. It's more mentally, mentally draining, I'd say.
1: You win in um, too but, easy.
0: Nah, I wouldn't go that far. I would go that far. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you definitely get a, a lift from your teammates though, as well. Like your teammates, if you see them come on or you see them do well, like you definitely be like, oh, yeah, I can do it. Like, I can do better. Come on. Like, come on. And so you're definitely you definitely get a lift.
1: Do you think college tennis, you know, let's say you're a competitive person, but you're not the most competitive person out there? Yeah. But do you think college tennis can help people become more competitive, like find levels I, of competitive you, they never had?
0: Yeah, I definitely think so because you're not just playing for yourself. Like, you're playing for a team and like you do everything with the team. Like, you do 6 a.m. weights, you see them literally all the time. So you only want to do what's best for them, and like if you're in a six-all battle in the third set, like you want to do it for your team. You know what I mean? You don't want to like if you lose, like you're not just losing for yourself. Like you lose for the whole team and the whole program. Like you're you're not just representing yourself. You're representing the badge on your shirt. So I definitely think it can bring out different sides of you as well, like an extra an extra level competitive spirit. That's for sure.
1: It's good. It definitely any day. College guys I know have all come back pretty competitive and something that I've yeah. mentioned here before would whoever have had you have had O'Hare on Klusky and the yeah. other doubles guys they're all great doubles players they come back with great double skills how much emphasis mm. do you guys put on the doubles court and any drills you can share with us the one drill you can share with us that would help
0: yeah I mean we our coach loves doubles like absolutely loves doubles so we do so like I can say already from the first two weeks I've been here. Like my doubles and my volleys have just like skyrocketed because we're just doing so much drills to do with it. Yeah, one of the favorite drills they do is, so two people on the baseline and one the other person at the net and the guy feeds like a half volley, you volley a line and then just play at the point. But it's just, doubles, like you have to play smart in doubles. Like you have to know where to put the ball and not do any stupid shots and make returns, make first serves. So there's a, we, there's a definitely huge focus on doubles here than I'd say back home. Like I was quite lucky that I I was kind of coached by Dave O'Hare who knew doubles and was a very high doubles player himself, and he coaches like two of the best player doubles players in the world, so he knows what he's talking about. So I I kind of knew a little bit about doubles when I was at home, but like, there's a fair few people that just stand in the alley, like in the trams, yeah. in the alleys. You know what I mean? So it's a whole different ball game over here in doubles. That's yeah, they,
1: that's 100%. They like, definitely put the emphasis on. It. And tell us quickly about the GPA, your your homework or your maintaining your grade, how much of a challenge is that like spending time in the gym room on court and recovery and then also having to put in the study and go to classes?
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a challenging one. By the time like five o'clock it's all you want to do is go to bed or get dinner and just chill or watch T V and just kinda of get ready for the next day and prepare. But I was I was quite lucky in a sense of six year. Like it's quite grueling. As many other people know, like it's like, you have to study almost every single night. So, I, like, I wouldn't say I'm used to it, but I kind of know, like, what it takes to have good, like, decent decent enough grades and, like, what study actually is. And where I know a lot of people are kind of hard transitioning from, like, high school or senior school to college. I mean, our coach expects us to get over,
1: three, I think it's a 3.2 GPA. What's that in percentage terms?
0: I've I've absolutely no idea, but... It's it's a it's a whole different ball game. Like over here, like a fail is under seventy.
1: Okay. Like medical uh, school over here.
0: Yeah. So if you get like sixty-eight, you're like you're failing. Like you're failing because of school, which is a bit rough. From what yeah. I remember, I used to get sixty-eights all the time in school back <laughs> home. Yeah, it's a, it's de- it's a definitely a tough one. Like from what I heard, like people were saying it's so easy and stuff like that. But what I find the most stressful and what 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 the hardest part is is like training in the morning at six, like doing weights at six, and then going to class, getting homework in class, and then have to go to training. Then I maybe have to do rehab or prehab with the physios or do recovery. And then you're coming home at like five or six, and you're like, oh, bloody hell, I've little homework to do, and I have to write an essay or something yeah. like that. So I, that's what I find probably the hardest part to do with um, uh, school.
1: And you talk about all the time on court, there's feeding yourself. Is there a canteen there? How do you make sure you're getting the right fuel in?
0: Yeah, so luckily we have a, like an athlete's diner. All of our nutritionists like put basically just put the best food in there. Like, there's no like kind of unhealthy stuff. Like to do, I mean, obviously there's some cheat days in there, but yeah. So we get breakfast, lunch, and so we take away dinner as well. So kind of we kind of get just get the best food as possible. Like we don't, we put you have to, obviously you have to put the best pot, best food into your body perform well. Like if you don't eat well. Like, a de- that's what I've definitely, at the start, I struggled with a lot. Like, I was kind of eating crap and then I was getting tired after like 45 minutes. So, I definitely had to change up my diet at the very start when I came here. You have to eat a lot more because you're burning like 6,000 calories a day wow. with training. So, you obviously have to put equal that or almost have more. So, the food in there is actually really good. Like, it's almost like home cooking, nice. which is so what, quite nice.
1: What's the cheap meal? To go to cheap meal. <laughs>
0: she meal. maybe a Chick-fil-A not going to lie I know they don't have that back home but if any Irish people or anyone comes over to America like I'd say
1: Chick-fil-A is up there did not do that at McDonald's no it's different it's, it's different the- like
0: it's it's completely different trust me I've had a few Mickey D's in my time to know the difference
1: I love it, I love it. And, and, anything else you want to add like w- just a bit of maybe what would you tell other kids no matter where they're in the world who are 15 16 who've yeah. dreams of going to playing for top U.S. university. What advice do you have for them?
0: It's never too late. Like you saw me, I was only maybe three and a half years ago. I was on the verge of quitting tennis and pursuing a career in rugby. Like it's never, it's never too late. Like if you want, if you want to do something, you want to want to put your mind to it. It's obviously possible. I mean, I'm obviously like a little, I'm a bit of a late bloomer, so I'm still learning. As other guys are kind of had these knowledge for a while. Um, but yeah, it's never too late. And if you just want to do something, just put the hard work in and like, time will come and you'll get your opportunity. And if you take the opportunity, it'll happen. So, yeah.
1: Have your parents been out to see you?
0: Not my parents. My brother came in November, maybe, I think. And he just said it was, like, uh, something like you see in TV, like in Zoe 101 or something, you know what I mean? Like, it's something from a reality TV show. Because he obviously goes to UCD in Dublin, college in Dublin. So, he, like, he's finished now. but He just said it's a different ball game.
1: Nice.
0: Like, a whole different ball game over here like even the facilities and just the amount of people that are walking around and stuff like that is outrageous.
1: It is. And final question, what are your personal goals and the goal for the team for the year? I know you're number one in the nation. Yeah. Maintain that.
0: We have a lot of goals uh, we want to complete this year. Like to finish number one because it's all good starting at number one but it's all about how you finish. Win the national indoors, the SEC regular season, win the SEC conference, and win NCAAs at the, at the end of the year in, in May. That's kind of our main goals as a team. So we need to push each other each day to to get those, which is going to be tough. But I think with the team we have, I think it's definitely possible.
1: And will you be playing singles in the NCAA, the, not the team version? The,
0: the singles, like the individual? Yeah. I highly doubt it. I think you have to be like top forty or okay, something thought, like that in the nation. Okay. Yeah. So, I, yeah. Hopefully, anyway. Yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed.
1: Fingers crossed. Well, Connor, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time. I know you've done your weight sessions already, and your yeah. classes or whatnot. But thanks a lot. Take yeah. care, and I wish you. Thanks, Fabio. Wish you all the thanks best. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much.
1: Hope you enjoyed the episode with Connor. It was great catching up with him. Hope you got a bit of insight into US college tennis for a freshman. I'll be back next week. And until then, get out there and hit some yellow tennis balls. Bye.